Hello all and welcome back to the world of cannabis with Cameron Williams. Hope we're all having a lovely day out there. Really excited about today's episode. Our episode today will be called CBD vs. THC in the endocannabinoid system. We'll differentiate between cannabidiol and tetrahydrocannabinol, also known as CBD and THC. Take a look at what they do in our systems, how they affect our systems, and ultimately what system they affect, the endocannabinoid system. We'll also discuss some of the other 111 cannabinoids found in the cannabis plant and look at the benefits they provide. Science is so prevalent in the world of cannabis now, whereas before, maybe 20 years ago, it used to be the kind of all or nothing whenever smoking marijuana, known as the entourage effect. We'll talk about this a little bit more in a later episode. But for right now, we just need to understand what the basis of the entourage effect is. By definition, the entourage effect is a proposed mechanism by which compounds present in cannabis, which are largely non-psychoactive by themselves, modulate the overall psychoactive effects of the plant. So what that's pretty much saying is that when different ratios of CBD and the other 111 non-psychoactive cannabinoids found in the cannabis plant are combined with the main psychoactive ingredient, the THC, they provide different psychoactive effects unique to that specific ratio of cannabinoids. But now, due to science, we can separate all these various cannabinoids in the cannabis plant and isolate them and see that they do different things on their own. Each individual cannabinoid found in the cannabis plant possesses its own unique benefits, but when they're combined together in different ratios, they provide a vast array of medicinal value. We'll go in-depth more specifically at the end of this episode. But today's main focus is going to be about CBD and THC, the two most abundantly found cannabinoids in the cannabis plant. They're also the two cannabinoids that provide the most substantial effects and are the ones that are talked about most. But before we look at the effects that CBD and THC provide, we got to look at the endocannabinoid system, the system in our body that allows these processes and effects to take place. In short, the endocannabinoid system is a network of receptors that interact with cannabinoids to maintain vital functions throughout our body. Our bodies are always trying to maintain homeostasis or an equal balance within the body. We have produced a number of our own endocannabinoids in an attempt to keep this happy medium. The endocannabinoid system is kind of like the quarterback of all the systems in our body. It regulates and communicates with the nervous system, digestive system, and immune system as well. Naturally, our bodies are in a sleep-wake cycle, so during the day we produce our own levels of serotonin to keep us energized and awake, whereas when the nighttime comes around and the lunar energy comes from the moon, we start to produce our own levels of melatonin to help us fall asleep. But unfortunately, sometimes these levels seem to be a little bit out of line and make us feel unbalanced. The first cannabinoid receptor was discovered in 1988, and by 1993 they had found a second receptor. By 1995, they were classified as CB1 and CB2 receptors. CB1 receptors are found abundantly in the regions of the brain responsible for mental and physiological processes such as memory, high cognition, emotion, and motor coordination, whereas CB2 receptors are found throughout the central nervous and immune systems. CBD indirectly binds to these receptors and provides the health benefits that way, where THC actually binds like a key and a lock to the CB1 and CB2 receptors, and that's what's responsible for the high feeling. This is where the difference of one small atom comes into play. CBD and THC actually contain the exact chemical makeup. They both have 31 carbon atoms, 30 hydrogen atoms, and 2 oxygen atoms. They're nearly identical except for the arrangement of a single atom, which is a microscopic difference. 
Scientists believe this one small atom is what's responsible for the differing interaction of CBD and THC in the endocannabinoid system. Due to the studied effects of both CBD and THC, it's conclusive to say that THC, due to its psychoactive nature, binds with the CB1 receptors in the brain, where CBD mostly interacts with the CB2 receptors that are in the body. Now, CB1 and CB2 receptors work in conjunction with the cannabinoids that enter the body, but it is safe to say that THC tends to bind to the CB1 receptors, where CBD mostly interacts with the CB2 receptors. Since we already maintain our own level of endocannabinoids in the body, when the cannabinoids enter the system, they aren't looked at as a foreign substance. CBD, for example, when it enters the body, it's going to interact with the CB2 receptors mostly and enhance your body to do what it's already trying to do in the first place. Whether it's the serotonin levels, dopamine levels, anatomy levels, it's going to find what's out of balance and bring it back to where it needs to be. The other 111 various other cannabinoids found in the marijuana plant connect with the CB1 and CB2 receptors in the endocannabinoid system and yield different effects. But for now, we're just going to focus in on and differentiate between CBD and THC. When CBD and THC are put together in the cannabis plant, they do work synergistically together and enhance each other's properties. But when they're separated and isolated on their own, they're actually kind of opposites. So the THC in the cannabis plant is what's responsible for the euphoric feeling whenever using it. It's also known as the psychoactive high, per se. THC is an appetite stimulant, and it relieves pain and inflammation as well. The only really main side effect of THC is whenever there's too high of a ratio of THC in a marijuana plant, it could leave to too much cerebral activity, which ultimately will cause paranoia. This doesn't happen with everybody, but if it does happen, I would recommend probably using a higher CBD strain next time because the CBD can balance out and mediate the undesirable psychoactive effects of THC. This is what I meant whenever I said that CBD and THC are kind of opposites. Even though they do enhance each other's benefits whenever they're combined, CBD is non-psychoactive, THC is psychoactive. Whereas THC is an appetite stimulant, CBD is a metabolism stimulant. CBD stimulates proteins and genes that play a role in increasing the breakdown of fat. It also boosts the number and activity of mitochondria in the body, magnifying the body's power to burn calories. CBD is used as an antidepressant and anticonvulsant to help reduce seizures and is used as an antioxidant. CBD is a neuroprotectant, it's antipsychotic, it's antiemetic, so it reduces seizures and vomiting, and it's anti-inflammatory as well. And last but certainly not least, CBD is anti-tumoral, so it combats tumors and cancer cells and it spurs the neurons in the body to help fight against the disease. And while we're on the topic of tumor and cancer, I do want to point out that there's a study done on mice who had tumors. There was 10 mice, and they wanted to show that THC was going to grow the size of the tumors. But at the end of the experiment, after the mice were given THC, it turns out all 10 mice had a reduction of the size of their tumors from THC, contrary to their original objective of carrying out the experiment. So THC helps to reduce the size of tumors, where CBDs help to spur the neurons that are helping to fight against the tumors. They're both very beneficial, they just bring a unique medicinal characteristic to the table. So some of the main medicinal applications of THC are for pain, nausea, sleep apnea, and stress disorders. While CBD's main medicinal applications, to name a few, are inflammation, stress, depression, anxiety, epilepsy, and arthritis. 
To be honest with you, I could probably film a whole episode dedicated to CBD's medicinal value as it helps with a vast variety of ailments ranging from traumatic brain injuries to autism to Alzheimer's and the list continues. One of the best things about CBD is there aren't any known side effects related to it. You can't take too much of it, it's non-psychoactive, it's non-addictive, it's just a natural component of a plant that helps to balance out the body. At the point in time we're at currently, where before cannabis could only really be smoked, there's a whole array of different administration methods for cannabis now. Due to the technology, innovation, and progression involved with the cannabis industry, it's turning into more of a relatable consumer's market. We'll delve deeper into the different administration methods in a later episode, but for now we want to know that no matter which way you choose to put the CBD, THC, or any other cannabinoid in your system, it's going to have the similar benefits. It's just a matter of how quickly it's in your system and also how long it stays in your system. You can vape it, ingest it, put it on topically, and there's even suppositories now for you to get the cannabinoids in your circulatory system. But before we understand the use cases of cannabinoids, we gotta first understand the science and origin behind them. In this next section, we're going to discuss some of the other cannabinoids found in the cannabis plant other than CBD and THC. I just want to make a quick note about a common misconception or misunderstanding, if you will, in the world of cannabis. Hardly any of the actual compounds that produce effects in the cannabis plant, the cannabinoids, are in the plant material. All the cannabinoids are located in the glandular bulbs that surround and are located all throughout the plant material. So I guess if you want to think of a comparison to the secretions that end up on the plant matter of the cannabis plant, you could think of it the same way as how flowers produce pollen. Pollen is the reproductive secretion that fertilizes the flower, while cannabinoids are used to fertilize the cannabis plant. When heated, the cannabinoids produce the benefits that we'll talk about now. We're going to discuss seven other non-psychoactive cannabinoids that are found in much lower quantities in the cannabis plant, but still hold great medicinal value. We'll go through what each cannabinoid is and also what benefits it has. Tetrahydrocannabinolic acid, also known as THCA, is a precursor of THC and non-psychoactive. Immediately following the harvest of the cannabis plant, exposure to heat and sunlight eliminates the acid and makes it psychoactive. The technical term for this is decarboxylating cannabis, but it really is just converting the THCA to THC. THCA on its own has its own list of benefits, being non-psychoactive, it enhances the appetite while reducing nausea, it's anti-inflammatory, it relieves pain and also suppresses muscle spasms, THCA inhibits cancer growth and improves functions of the immune system. There's some discussions in hospitals and areas that the law permits that they're talking about making intravenous solutions with THCA to be used for pain management as an alternative to opioid medications. Now we're going to discuss tetrahydrocannabiferin, also known as THCV. And just as a quick side note, please do bear with me with the pronunciation of some of these cannabinoids. They're quite extensive. THCV is also non-psychoactive. It suppresses the appetite, it reduces pain and inflammation, and it reduces nausea. Some of the other medicinal properties of THCV are helping to reduce seizures and also acting as a bone stimulant. The truths are starting to come to the light about THCV and aiding in weight loss, but more research still needs to be done to find a natural use case. And now on to our next cannabinoid, cannabidiolic acid, or CBDA. The same way THCA becomes THC during the decarbing process, CBDA becomes CBD. 
So when heat, sunlight, and oxygen are introduced to the CBDA, the acid gets removed and leaves CBD. CBDA has all the same benefits of CBD relating to helping treat seizures, nerve spasms, and enhancing tumor reduction. But by the time decarboxylation is complete, most of the CBDA has already converted to CBD. Fortunately, since both CBD and CBDA are non-psychoactive, the loss of the acid during the curing process doesn't affect the benefits. But that's enough about CBDA for now. The next cannabinoid on our list is cannabidovarin, also known as CBDV. CBDV is a slightly degraded version of CBD. It's still great for helping to reduce seizures and treating epilepsy, but not quite as much for pain. CBDV can be used as an anti-nausea medication because the anti-inflammatory properties in it help with spasms in the digestive system. The next cannabinoids we'll discuss are cannabigerolic acid and cannabigerol, CBGA and CBG. CBGA is the parent cannabinoid of the cannabis plant and can identify as a wide range of cannabinoids as the plant matures. CBGA can turn into THCA, CBDA, or CBCA, and they'll eventually lose their acids and convert to THC, CBD, and CBC respectively. What's left as the byproduct of the reaction of CBGA losing the acid and converting into other cannabinoids is classified as CBG. The medicinal value of CBG is that it helps to stimulate the growth of new brain cells, it's an antibacterial, it's antifungal as well. CBG is an antiproliferative, so it aids in the reduction of tumor growth. It can help people suffering from insomnia, used as an anti-inflammatory, and an anti-convulsant too. And since we just mentioned CBC, we'll talk about that cannabinoid next. Cannabichromine, or CBC, starts out as CBCA before light, oxygen, and heat are introduced to it, removing the acid and leaving CBC. CBC is non-psychoactive and it stems from CBGA originally, just like any other cannabinoid. CBC is antiviral and antimicrobial, so it helps to fight against bacteria and fungus. CBC is an antidepressant, it reduces pain as an analgesic, and it's also an anti-inflammatory, reducing swelling on the outside of the body or on the inside in the intestinal tract. Cannabichromine is shown to be 10 times more effective as CBD at reducing anxiety and stress. And that's saying a lot given the benefits of CBD. CBC is antiproliferative, so it inhibits the growth of cancerous tumors and aids in the treatment of migraines, helping to reduce cranial tension. And that leads us to the final cannabinoid we'll discuss in this episode, CBN. Cannabinol, or CBN, is mildly psychoactive, and it's pretty much in basic terms what is left over once the THCA transforms the THC, and then it degrades into its final stage, CBN. Over an extended period of time, all THCA molecules turn into CBN if they're exposed to enough heat, oxygen, sunlight, and given enough time to degrade. Since CBN is mildly psychoactive, I guess it can be considered somewhat of a great value version of THC. CBN is excellent as a sleep aid, helping people that are suffering with insomnia. It's so used to relieve pain as an appetite stimulant and helps with bone regeneration. So CBN offers similar medicinal benefits as THC, just without the intense high. And I want to make this point clear that when the cannabis plant fully oxidizes and is exposed to sunlight, it naturally transforms the CBN. And now, due to science, we can separate and isolate all these cannabinoids individually, and we're finding out each one has distinct benefits to it. So it's not some stoner in the basement making pot brownies anymore. 
And this was mentioned earlier, but cannabinoids work synergistically together, so even though the specific effects may differ, when put together, they enhance the effectiveness of each cannabinoid that's combined. A good example of this is how CBD reduces the anxiety from a high THC strain, but CBD is also more effective in treating anxiety when it's put together with a low ratio of THC rather than separated and in an isolated form. Due to diet, metabolism, and how we react to certain things in general as human beings, it's kind of tough to give an exact dosage from a cannabis plant. Now we can create unique ratios of these cannabinoids designed to help treat specific ailments with optimal effectiveness. One specific ratio of cannabinoids helping to treat a certain ailment might not be quite as beneficial as a different ratio of cannabinoids for another scenario. That goes to show how versatile the medicinal value of cannabis truly is. Some cannabinoids may not even be necessary to experience the desired effects. And adding to this point, in Canada, where cannabis is recreationally legalized across the board, we're finding out that not all people want the high THC strains. There's a whole different demographic of people, for example, the older people with arthritis and Alzheimer's, things like that. They want the CBD-dominant strains because they want all the medicinal value of the plant without the psychoactive effects. And as more time progresses in the world of cannabis and laws start to become looser, science and chemistry are only going to become more and more prevalent in the production and manufacturing of the cannabis industry. I would like to thank you all for joining us today in our discussion on the cannabinoids that are encompassed in the cannabis plant. We got to see and understand why these cannabinoids affect our bodies due to the endocannabinoid system and also how these compounds affect the human body too. Hopefully this episode was able to shed some light on marijuana and its effects and also enhance your perspective on the cannabis plant in general. And as always, please don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and share, and also head to theworldofcannabis.org to send suggestions for topics of future episodes. That's all for today, folks. Until next time, enjoy the world of cannabis.